Welcome back, my friends. We are in Beard Banter, episode 12. And if you didn't just chuckle as you came on, you're probably not human. Um, but I have with me Carrie Richardson uh, from r Consulting. She's a good friend of mine. And I think for any other ladies that come on this show has just absolutely ruined their intro uh, for, for time to come, right? Like... <laughs> Is that, is that a fair assessment, Carrie? <laughs> well, I just, I like to fit in. I like to be part of. <laughs> oh, it's so good. No, it's so good. So, you know, it reminds me of Kyle Hanslevin did something similar and I have a picture of it, but he got a uh, fake beard from his kid's bedroom, I think. And then, <laughs> and then he had his wife's like a uh, ski cap. And so it was like this white cap. And so he went with a bald hat and a, and a beard and I snagged a screenshot of it. It's like my, when I'm away picture now. Nice. Um, but anyway, so Carrie, welcome to um, beard banter. This is, you are my first female guest on beard banter. So huzzah, welcome. Uh, I'm super happy to have you here. And I've actually followed you so long that I actually call you Carrie Simpson most of the time. Um, and, and I screw up and do that from time to time, even though you are Carrie Richardson uh, and with a very good friend of mine, Ian Richardson, who comes on my stuff quite frequently and may uh, may be able to join me. Um, you've got your first uh, comment, though. So uh, Ryan says, <laughs> brilliant, Carrie. Oh, um, happy, to, <laughs> happy, to, uh, yeah. happy to be here. Well, so tell me about, you know, you're, you've been in the channel for a minute, at least in, in my uh, experience. Um, and it, did it all start with Managed Sales Pros? It did. When, um, when we started Managed Sales Pros, Managed Sales Pros wasn't called Managed Sales Pros. We were, what did it start uh, as? Cold Calls. The company was called Cold Calls Lead Generation. And uh, okay. the old website might still be live. I don't even know. <laughs> cold it's calls in archive.org. Are you, have you ever, no, it is in archive.org. I guarantee you that. So. so it's somewhere there. Um, we were just like, I started managed sales pros from, you know, my kitchen table in Canada. I was, uh, nine months pregnant and I had been a kickboxer and a personal trainer at the time. I'd been in sales before I went to rehab. I mean, there's a whole long story about how that came about, but I thought, well, what am I good at? Really? I didn't necessarily like want to go back to really aggressive personal training and um, fitness conditioning right after having a baby. And I didn't want to have to put my child in daycare and yeah. try to figure out like, what am I good at? What would, mm. what would people pay me to do? And I thought, well, well, and I'm, especially with personal training, that can be like a on-demand level type of thing sometimes. Right. And then it's like terrible. no planning capable. You can't just say you, you almost have to put them in full-time daycare and then hope you're working. Like I, yeah. anyways, a little tangent. And you got to work yeah. split, right? Like you're like, sure. I might have a client at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., teach an 8 a.m. class, teach a 9 a.m. class. I mean, there's not a lot of, your body's not going to handle like eight hours of teaching classes a day for yeah. you know more than 10 years. And my, you know, my knees are uh, regretting many of those life choices now, but <laughs> Fair. I thought like, well, I'm good at sales, but I don't really want to do the, like I went to rehab, right? So I haven't had a drink in 17 years. Congratulations. And thank you. Um, and I didn't want to get back into that kind of like boozy lunch lifestyle and I thought, sure. well, you know, nobody seems to like cold calling, but I like cold calling and I hate driving. I, uh, I, I don't really have the personality for farming, right? Like I'm okay. a one and done cold caller. Like sure. you take the appointment or we're finished. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, Fair. I started calling people and asking them like, Hey, I'm um, cold calling for other businesses. I've got 20 hours a week available. How many hours would you like? 
Right. Yeah. And then finally somebody said yes. And then they referred me to uh, an MSP. So an MSP was actually my second client. First one was okay. a marketing company. The second one was uh, a company. So this was today. just nondescript cold calling. Didn't matter. There wasn't matter. necessarily an industry focus. Okay. That's no. cool. No. Yeah. So uh, somebody was like, Hey, I've got a, they were sharing a cold caller. That's how this all came about. They had sure. uh, the marketing company was sharing the cold caller and the cold caller just fell off the face of the earth one day. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? And he said, Oh, well, I'm paying this I'm, company. I'm with this other company. Me. Yeah. So the marketing company says, Hey, I've got this friend sells managed services. Could you sell that? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, of course I've got it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, at that like time it didn't support. really exist fully. Like what year was this? Do you know? Uh, with 10 years ago. So what? 2000. Okay. Yeah. 11, 12, 14, no, what so year is it now? Yeah, yeah. Well, but, so but even know. if you think about it, the MSPs are fairly developed at that stage, though, my point well, is. Well, my daughter is, very, is yeah. 10 years old, so the business is 10 years old. That's okay, fair fair enough, as as per the nine months pregnant statement before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so fair. Yeah. That makes total so sense. That was, uh, that's how it all came about. And then um, he started introducing me to some of his peers out of the, well, it's called Evolve now, but that's kind of how yeah. I got started. And then I just started going to events trying yeah. to figure out like, what is this all, what is this all about? And then I realized like every IT business owner I met was having the same struggles. And I was like, that's it. They would this hire, hire salespeople that, that could go and farm and close and, and make the relationship, but cold calling and dialing for dollars and finding someone that'll literally just put their nose to the grindstone and, and fight it out and challenge objections and have a script or methodology they're going to go through. Like, I, I don't know if you know this now, never mind 10 years ago, they were <laughs> yeah, still not doing it. And so, like so, you know, this is funny because I actually don't know that you and I've ever talked about this, but, um, I actually was in, uh, when I, when I was 19, I got my series seven, um, stockbroker's license in the state of Florida. Uh, and I was the youngest in the state of Florida, but one of the things I got really good at was, was just the cold calling. They have these giant number lists and, and everybody's name and a little bit of demographic, but that was about it. And you would just call and the reason I was so successful was two reasons. I was so stupid. I literally followed the script. Like I literally, <laughs> literally followed the feel felt found. I understand, Carrie, how you feel. A lot of customers were afraid, at one point were afraid of doing that, but they found coming in and having a meeting with me, uh, you know, and, and, and so I was, I was doing that. And from, you know, from call to close was, I think one time the best it ever was, was 12%. And That's I would good. just, I would just crush it. I would, I wouldn't set. Uh, uh, one-legged appointments. I, I would, I would, it was just fun. And I was so like, just in the moment of it that I just didn't realize that everybody else hated me in the whole org. Um, but it was, it was, it was fun. And then the other reason was this one guy told me one time, he's like, listen, just smile for like 25 seconds before you pick up the phone. Like literally just smile. He also said, go have a few drinks. So I suppose it, you know, maybe take a good with the bad, but you know, it was, it was, I just did it. I did the dial. <laughs> yeah. It did. I don't know. Just blew through stop sign. I don't know what happened there. Um, no, that's funny. So yeah, cold calling for me was an early experience. Um, I wouldn't say I liked it, but I would say I was very effective at it. And, and it is an effective strategy to just get people out of the rut and get them in the door to have the conversation. Right. Like I think as, as I understand it anyway. I find that like if you can't enjoy having conversations with smart people about interesting problems, then I mean I feel sorry for you. Yeah, fair. that's what cold calling is, especially when you're calling peer to peer or business owner to business owner. I don't just want to talk about like 
trying to sell cold calling to an MSP, right? Like I've got a $2 million business and you've got a $2 million business. We're struggling with the same things. How are you solving this problem? We don't yeah. have to talk about buying my shit the whole time. Right. We can talk about anything. And that's where I think people get hung up with the idea that every call has to be this like wildly effective. Yeah. ABC. I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas what I want to do when I'm talking to people is find out like, what are you doing? How did you get to where you are? So perfect example. I had somebody call me last week and they were talking about like what they wanted to do and i was like well explain to me what you're doing right now and right now they're getting about 10 inbound leads um okay. a month from seo and adwords which to me is like okay 10 great and what are you spending on it and they're like hey reese nice to see you what's up buddy oh good okay. i wasn't gonna cut you off but that's my boy right there so just wanted to say that thank the you for tallest stopping. man in the channel no, no, the abnormally tallest person I've ever met in the channel after thinking from Zoom days that he must be my height because that's what we do. We normalize. The, the funny part was <laughs> the day I actually physically met him and had to like look at, up at him, right? Um, I, I actually went back and looked at Zoom meetings and sure as shit, his head was a lot closer to that ceiling than my head is, even with just exposition delineation. Reese right? was like, one of our first clients. Like, <laughs> Oh, Really? Back, well, maybe like maybe like in the first twenty, anyway. He was one of the original sure. companies that took a took a chance on a brand new company in the channel. Right. So I got all kinds of time for. And now he's always. in a billion dollar company. As I, I saw understand that, it. that a billion dollar, a unicorn. Before I get to say we're a Woo! unicorn. That's uh, awesome, job electric. Reese. Yeah, fantastic. Love you, Reese. Good to see you, buddy. We anyway, did a so, with Reese as well. He rebranded what to Tech Vera, and I can't sure. remember the name of the first company. It was a mm. while ago, so he'll plop it in the chat here if he wants to here. Yeah, but but you were saying so you had this. <laughs> yeah, buddy, ride that unicorn all the way to your success, my friend. You deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So, anyways, you were saying you had this company um, that just recently. You kind of were going down the. Oh the yeah, so he he was getting like ten leads a week, maybe ten like a, a lot. Anyway, more than cold calling would procure for him, especially sure. for the first year of cold calling. Cold calling is like you're not going to be revenue neutral in, until seven or nine months in, and anyone else who tells you otherwise is full of shit. Yeah, Don't it's just because of the time it takes to even get the call, get the answer, yeah. get it on the books, have that turn into an actual fruition. Yeah, well, I totally and just get cold it. lists, right? When we call for vendors, right? We have we have a list of every MSP in North America. We know yeah. their stack. We know how big they are. We know like we've been calling for vendors for ten years as well. Sure. And we keep all that data. So when seems we like a learn, valuable valuable data pool that I'm hope you're very much protecting. Yes, very uh, much. So. Just making uh, sure we just started actually selling that data um to vendors that we like so sure sure fair <laughs> uh, yeah sorry we oh sidetracked again but the um like what he's doing is working, right cold right. calling isn't going to move the needle the way that he wants it moved right he wants to add a million dollars in arr over the next 12 months cold calling isn't going to do that cold calling okay. might do that for him on year two but it's not going to do it year one so I suggested that he double down on what he's doing already, right? I'm not in the business of uh, selling people things that they can't use or that won't work for them. But you're just talking about adding more to the funnel. I mean, in well, reality, yeah, right? Well, like, you know. Sure, but what he wanted to do through cold calling was add a million dollars in revenue. That's not going to happen year one. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I mean, there's, you couldn't there's create enough companies lists in the problem. managed services space, I think, that could effectively go. And so, I mean, the size. Oh, of oh, I apologize. You were talking about uh, a vendor selling to MSPs. Nope, uh, MSP, oh, MSP. Okay. 
a million dollar MSP that wanted to add a million dollars in ARR. I got you. Right. So that would be his first year adding a million in ARR, right? It's not like he added half a million yeah, last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. And so we just yeah. like talked it well, out. Like, why aren't you doubling <laughs> down on the things that you know work? Let alone, I know what pain that gentleman or, or female is about to be in uh, because uh, we went through that, right? And adding a million to a million, getting that first million to the second million hump and then to three and five million. Yeah. It, 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 it takes reimagining even who you are. Uh, operationally in a lot of ways, right? Like what used to work at that 1 million when you have 10 or so people that all fairly intimately know your customers and have a relationship and can talk the talk on every system they touch to very delineated, very service oriented. I'm help desk. I'm now infrastructure admin. I'm now assist admin. I'm now right. This like real change. And, and, and it, for me, just going through each of those iterations was just massive. So let alone adding a million and then on top of that run rate. So I'm assuming his ARR target had to have been um, some form of a less next year, right? Like I'm, I'm assuming that it was only going to be 1.3 million. Well, there's a really good calculation for figure. Like when, when I look at what our year is going to look like, for example, I know that sure. I'm going to sign two to four pieces of business every month. That's plenty. Right. That's going to replace any attrition and you know, we're going to grow by a, a modest, modest amount quarter over sure. quarter. Uh, anything more than that, and my service delivery drops. Exactly. And so I know, like yeah. after ten years of trial and error, and we had we had those years, right? We had the hundred and twenty percent growth year. We God, had, Then we they're had great, like, the but... solid two million year, three oh. years in a row, and we didn't realize how, like for us anyway, like cold calling is a very like one client, one person. And then we realized, well, no, it's not one-to-one -one because we got to hire three callers for every one that lasts. So for every one that makes it out of training, I got to hire three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Got, I'm carrying more. And let alone the other two that aren't very effective. And, and that's why they ultimately they leave. Up. Right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Like there's the, the challenges of running a call center are mind-boggling and people always sure. say like oh you must have the best the, the best cold callers and the best process and the best like no we we just we just understand how to work through the chaos that comes with a high turnover role yeah. uh, most of what we do is eliminate the headaches of having to replace somebody every three to six months which is what happens with outbound cold calling right nobody wakes up every day and says gee i'm excited to go to my telemarketing job i'm so happy yeah. i was hired right like yeah, you yeah. have to keep like you have to keep spirits high i know one person work. i know one yeah that's what i was thinking of <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. I can't no, make awesome. as much cold calling as I can running a cold calling business. If I True could, story. I would yeah. be cold calling. It's headache free. Yeah. It's simple for me. It's like you start your job at nine and at five o'clock you put down the phone and you leave. There are no telemarketing emergencies, period. Right. Like, I can put my out of office on for a month and it's not going to affect my business. <laughs> Only ROI. You know what? What's funny though, is I heard you still get on and demonstrate though. You still do. When oh, you're yeah. dealing with some of these, the you'll go and show me that it can't be done. That's mm -hmm. like, no way. Like, That's it's... epic. Got any good stories on that? Like, do you have any of those one shining moments where you like plopped on a phone in front of somebody and it like made it make sense? Oh. No, but when I, so when we were, when we first started the business, we worked remotely. Um, so I had to train people. Like I did like, I knew nothing about tech either. Right. Like I was sure. just like, I was a personal trainer. I barely I can attest to that. Computer, um, right. So, I wasn't so I was like, okay, well, how are we going to train people? So at the <clears> beginning, <throat> I was like, I'd like 
dial the person I was training with my iPhone. And then right. I'd call the number of the person that we were calling so they could listen to me make the call. Never mind, like we didn't have a call center platform. People use their own phone numbers, their own computers. We had no oh, idea. Man. Dialing for dollars from your own equipment. Like crazy. Yeah, yeah. It cost me zero dollars to start this company. <laughs> So I got That's the phone epic. and I was guys on the phone and I'm trying to train him. And uh, I said, uh, let me, uh, something like I left a voicemail, like something about cold call process, but I think I said cold call problems or like, I miss, like I missed. Sure. And sometimes they have, you know, you can hit three or whatever and you could go back out to zero. Right. And it doesn't record the message. It lets you re-record it. So I tried that and I was like, Oh, you know, F oh. <laughs> right? so now I'm on this guy's voicemail. I'm swearing on his voicemail. I'm like, ah, never mind, just hang up. Right? Like, so that's the voicemail is like me asking a question that doesn't make sense. Which ironically might have gotten a call back, I bet, I right? Did because get a call. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's I so back funny. And I was like, look, I'm so. And uh, it was his name was Andre. Um, he was from he's from a Toronto-based uh, IT company. Sure. Um, God, what's his last name? I don't remember, but. Uh, I ended up calling back and apologizing in the voicemail. And then he called back <laughs> to see what we actually did. And we won that business. So like terrible, terrible example, but it still worked. Like most of the time, cold calling is just making the calls. Everyone thinks yeah. there must be some magical way to do it, but it's just making the calls. Even if you're terrible at it, as long as you're doing it, you're going to be successful. There's a certain percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. And making the calls. And then I think it really, really helps if you, and I'm this, right? Like if you genuinely care in the moment about what you're learning about, right? Like if you look like that starry eyed child that's listening to what they're speaking about, if you can get them talking, that's so like a valuable trait, right? Like uh, for example, I think you do that really, really well where you're asked a question and then you're really engaged in the answer, right? And, and you, and you genuinely care. People feel genuine. I think like, I think people have a good genuine sensor. Uh, I mean, you're right, though, even if you really sucked at it, if you made a thousand dials instead of 100 and had a 10 percent ratio instead of right, or 2 percent yeah. instead of 20, you know, yeah. So you'd the still like business owners things. don't have time to grind the phone, right? Like, right. We did. We like I had nothing but time. <laughs> well, you got, literally got paid for those dials, though. There's a delineation. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and I didn't charge enough when I first started the company either. Right? Well, finally, somebody said yes. So like, how much do you charge? And I was like, oh, no. I don't know. $30 400? an hour. And they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, sure. I was like, oh, I should have charged. Damn it. It should have been 50. Yeah, no doubt. And then we tried oh, paper, like paper performance. Right. And we realized that that wasn't really, it's not really fair on all the risk, right? We're still doing all the work. Yeah, yeah. You don't have the upside you potential that the business like, what does. What you've done in your market. Well, and you don't have the upside potential. I think that's fair to state. You shouldn't take on all the risk because you don't have all the reward. Right. Like right. the business does, if they're going to make much more off that lead, I would wager uh, in the long ROI than you will on the short, uh, you know, instance based performance. So I, I think that makes sense of going to an hourly rate. Um, are you still that way now? Hourly? Yeah. Well, no, we just do flat right now. We're a managed service. We tried to price ourselves very similarly to like not right down to the name. Right. MSP. Yeah. Flat. Managed sales pros. Yeah. Why, why are you doing something you don't understand? Why? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like we so, do this, this is all we do. So, you know, like you could hand your technology over to a third party that would understand it significantly better than you. We are able to remove the headache of outbound yeah. prospecting. You don't have to hire people. You and the attrition and the hiring and, and yeah, yeah. 
you don't yeah, take on not... the employment risk of those people either. Right. Like, and you, no. you do. Right. And so I think that's a, that's, that's, that's cool to think about. Um, it's like a PEO for your, your, your cold calling high attrition yeah. role positions. And if you wanted to be a real security whiz, one of the larger risks in security is a high attrition company, right? In the sense that you have a lot of credentials being created and destroyed, used for short periods of times. Oh, so Hopefully we stopped you doing know. that. We yeah. stopped doing that. We have agent one, agent two, agent three, well, agent four. As long as they're not touching like sensitive information. So so what I'm what I was getting at is that you should be, you know, still managing the users by name. And and the reason is the identifiability. Like, so let's say somebody sells your uh, your your entire database or grabs your entire database, which obviously is a different conversation. Thank you, Doberman. So, oh, is that Ian set you up a form? Good. Fantastic. Oh, we went like the only thing we like making paying a managed service provider didn't make sense for us. Right? We did sure. that at first because we felt like we needed to eat our own dog food. So, you know, but we've yeah, got if you're these, selling to that community, it made sense to. But it's like a shitty yeah. $600 Dell thin client, right? Like throw it in the garbage and get another one. What am I paying yeah. for somebody to troubleshoot this thing? Just get right. rid of it. It doesn't it's the commoditization argument. X number yeah. of dollars per hour to fix this box, right? So yeah. at the call center, we just always had 10 extra machines set up. Right. It's simple, right? Yours isn't working. You go work on that one. We'll have uh, Doberman take a look at that one when it's time. Yeah. But yeah. we did buy managed security and we bought that because of the contracts that we had to sign with the larger vendors that had these enormous data privacy requirements. We couldn't right. risk their data getting out. And since sure. we were bringing their data into our systems, right, we had to be pretty uh, pretty careful about how we did things. So everything was locked down to IP address. Once you leave the call center, you can't access anything. Nice. I do like having those additional controls. And I know Ian quite well, so yeah. I'm fairly certain he's uh, fairly meticulous about that. So Shiva has a question for you, because <clears throat> this can't be for me, because I'm not mm -hmm. that smart. So this has to be for you. So do you see resistance between someone wanting to be engaged on the first call for a demo versus call setting? Can you ask that question differently? Yeah, I'll try to pick it apart while he retypes it as to what he means. So do you see resistance between someone wanting to be engaged on the first call for a demo versus call setting? I'm assuming what he's talking about is like, I'm calling, let's have a demo right now versus setting oh, we never down the road. like we don't demo so i mean we're an appointment okay. setting company so that like for us that isn't that is the other half you do that's yeah, yeah we don't demo right then and there and if somebody if I, I, that I might have an hour available to look at something right now i'd be like uh no come on like the, i'm running <laughs> a business here i don't have a random hour in the middle of the day and if i yeah, do yeah. i don't want to spend it looking at this well, and we're starting, I'm, I'm wondering what shift happens as you start getting to like much more on-demand research and on-demand consumption type things, right? Like, I mean, as you start giving people more and more of a feel of, of some of that, the early sales process, I suppose, by their research side, I don't know. Um, there was a report from uh, mm -hmm. Forrester recently that people far prefer to research products, especially products, maybe not services. Services would be a little bit delineable, but uh, self-demos, self-walkthroughs. Like that's how yeah, I like to do You can't really things. demonstrate managed services and you can't even, Exactly. Like, yeah, service-based. Like, it's something that you can't automate, right? You need to understand the environment before you could even throw a number out there. Like you could ballpark based on number of desktops, I suppose. And that, well, that's one of the sure. ways we qualify. How many computers are there? How many servers are there? Who are you get? It's a great question. 
do you have a big breadth of the the size of the customers you're calling on? Like, do you have yeah. some where you're calling two and three person offices and that's their desired no, market? No, you never make a return on your investment calling into two and three person companies for an MSP, right? So if yeah. they're going to pay me $6,000 a month, in order for them to have a return on investment, they need to be charging at least $100 a month for managed services, right? Per desktop yeah. per month. Okay. Yeah, and I was just curious as there was a spread as MSPs asked for this. Like, what's the smallest size that they call as their, you know, that you for, see well, as MSPs? For me, I wouldn't take on a client that wanted to work with anybody below 20 desktops. So 20 right? is the you number. Want it, you want, it has to be 20 or, or <clears throat> 20 or higher, $100 a month or higher. Otherwise, the return on investment will never be there. And we have an ROI yeah. calculator. So if anybody's watching and they want to go and see if they would be able to make money cold calling. Sure. Uh, it's managedsalespros.com forward slash cold dash calling dash ROI dash calculator. Cool. Or maybe just Google it. <laughs> yeah. www.justfoo.com. Exactly how much you should expect yeah. from uh, a two year cold calling engagement. And, and I'm assuming you're meaning $100 per user per month uh, yeah. of those. Yeah. Okay. That so that's sense. like yeah. at bare so that'd minimum. That'd be a $2,000 contract essentially is what you're looking at as the as the floor for that type yeah, of service. Like to make a 200% return on investment over two years, you would need to be charging $100 a month minimum. Okay. And on average, we Most people are, I would wager, seven right? Seven to nine new deals in the first two years with a company. And then, you know, uh, Doberman's going on their third or fourth year with us and you know they get five or six meetings every month like clockwork but yeah. most clients don't have the patience to stick it out yeah when they're getting one every two or three months or something and then well i months. mean if i only sent them one meeting every month and that meeting closed every month i would never have a problem right true like, story people would pay me whatever for that but if you looked at your actual cost of acquisition which most msps don't most know, people don't know yeah them, yeah like, yeah i bet not they're like well that's really that sounds really expensive and i think okay well What's your cost of acquisition? What did it cost I don't know. You to sign your last yeah. client. Do you even know that number? Right. Like nobody yeah. knows. And I'm like, all right, well, add up your uh, salesperson's your sales revenue expenses. and cost and pay yeah, and the put expenses. Salaries and, in and the COGS and everything. And then divide that by the number of clients you signed last year. What did it cost you to sign new clients? Yeah. Yeah. And then what's your attrition so rate out of that? More, if it's less than $6,000 a month, right? Like then, okay, do that instead. But most yeah. of the time, they haven't delineated down that far. You, you hit actually a good, a good point. I think that that comes into this. So like you're getting the appointment to the point that, and, and I'll tell you, do you know where my beard started? This is a little tangent, but you know how my beard started? It's his birthday today. So I'll call him out if, if he's watching. So my sales guy was a guy named Randy, uh, Randall Aronis, and, uh, he's a fantastic gentleman, brilliant sales professional, uh, can, can just great guy, <clears throat> but very much mad men polished. I wear a suit every day. You should too. And I had this little goatee and one day I wasn't shaving much. I I'd let it kind of grow out and get bushy and a little bit of side fuzz. And, and he goes, Hey, if you don't shave that, that thing and, and clean up, I may not invite you to any more important sales meetings. <laughs> I said, well, Randall. And I called him Randall. Cause I like to do it. He's Randy. But I said, Randall, I'd wager you're incorrect. <laughs> so that was the beginning. And I grew out this disgusting rat goatee that was oh. like this long with nothing on the side. It was just hideous. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and it got to the point that Chris Hoos, when he was sending me in to talk with somebody that was a big process, because I was the lead tech resource. I could talk to people. I could sell. And so I'd come in and be the sales engineer. Um, and when they, they would go, let Matt get out two sentences before you judge him. 
please. <laughs> like they would say that legit as they were setting the appointment. Like, like don't throw them out when you see them in the lobby in that camera. But that's what started, you know, the beard. But the, the point I wanted to make was earlier you said, you know, we're going to get them X number of appointments, right? And then it's the goal. And if they close, if comma, they close. And I think the point is, is that doesn't that get into like the understanding of how successful their salespeople actually already are Let, on a ratio? Like, let's just not go there. Right? No, like, people, people <laughs> think that, like it doesn't matter how many times I say like this is how it works. What they hear is this is how it works for everyone else, but we're better, so we're going to be different. And it's mm. like put me in front of someone, Carrie. I can close them, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. evidence to the contrary. Thank you. I've worked with a thousand <laughs> MSPs now. Every one of them without fail said that on the sales call. Put me yeah. in front of anyone. I can get the deal. And then like, what they're saying is put me in front of somebody that my friend Brad introduced me to. And I can get the deal. Right. So everyone was used to referral appointments and yeah. we come rolling in with like cold appointments and nobody wants to do any work. Right. Like it's not just you. You can't just meet with yeah. them and then send them a proposal and then sign it. Yeah, yeah like this you're is going a to have to one wait out their current provider half the time. So yeah, one of the things long we sales started cycle. doing was nurturing instead of just scheduling anybody that would meet. We only schedule things that are viable. So it has to be within a certain amount of time before their contract is renewing. There's no point in meeting with somebody who just signed a three year deal. Yeah, they're gonna forget. If they're not gonna re they're not gonna years. break yeah. that engagement. Reason It'll be real recalled again. Don't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. So no doubt. we like to like nurture the lead until it's viable. So that means in our in our vernacular, a viable lead has less than six months remaining on their current managed agreement. Sure. And a budget that's appropriate for the person that's selling to them. Right. So if they're spending five hundred bucks a month on IT support. There's no way you're going to get them to spend five thousand, right? If yeah. they're already underpaying and they're, yeah, getting them above that is going to be challenging. Yeah, I like that you speak towards the the timeliness of it, right? Because that's a whole other dimension on setting them up for success, right? So, in in my opinion, Dan Johnson, cold or not, you have to develop a relationship and trust. Dan Johnson, brilliant business owner as well. Like I actually, logic, Dan Johnson. Yeah, uh huh. Another man, sales pros client. What? Oh, that's fantastic. That's so let's fantastic. count up the number of exited companies that managed sales pros supported over the course of the last ten years. Hey, we whoa, that may or may. On here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Add that, that to my about... unicorn. Feather yeah, in the yeah. cap. That is a pretty cool feather in the cap, though, right? Like that's Shadow, fantastic. Yep. Open DNS. Oh, really? That's yeah. so good. I didn't know that. Um, that's right. You did vendors. I forgot in the early yeah. days too. Tell me. So I, I don't want to miss out talking about the new thing you're doing because I'm very interested in that as well. So let's not. I don't want to burn all the time on this. We got about 15 <laughs> minutes left or so. But but you know. So tell me a little bit about that. So. On the vendor side, you're calling a very different constituency, one that you might have formed quite the relationship with. Is that is that fair? Like a lot of the MSPs, you know, one of them mm -hmm. you married, as I understand it. So, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> the only way I can get them to keep taking my calls, I'm a terrible client. It, it does put you really high up on that, on the pumpkin planting list, doesn't it? Like it gets you <laughs> way up on that value proposition. You're not getting that call. <laughs> I actually didn't really understand. Like, I, it's not like I didn't understand the challenges that MSPs were facing day to day, but you know, looking at it from the inside well, after I married Ian and, you know, spent more time in his office, like at his yeah. business, seeing what happened there day to day. It made me one, a far more empathetic for uh, every IT oh. company I ever hired. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, you just pulled my string. You absolutely should include bringing your clients into your MSP and in bringing them in. Why the hell do you think reality shows exist? 
people want to see how the sausage is made. No, sometimes. I don't think that's. True. I, I do. Think I think unless you've got like <laughs> Nucleus Networks in Toronto, and they exited uh, a while ago, but yeah. they had the most beautiful office I had ever seen in my entire life. It overlooked uh, the ocean in Vancouver. It was in a beautiful area, and it was all exposed brick. If you got an office like that, yeah, bring your clients. Sure. In. If you're okay. working in some shitty wood panel basement somewhere, no, don't, don't <laughs> All right. That. Okay. Fine, Carrie. So with a damn grain of salt, if you have a yeah. decent office in which you can yeah, show but off how your many operations. Offices, like when you look at that, like one, how many yeah. cities have an office like that, right? If you've got an MSP in the middle oh, of nowhere, Kansas, I, you don't I, have I, No, no, we did. We had a beautiful. No, but you know what we did have? We built our new office when we, when we got to about 46 employees. We built a new office. You brought the guests in. In through the front door. I mean, this is Chris Hoos, right? So in through glass, glass. Right there, you have the glass of a fairly well set up OPSEC, right? So their screens aren't being seen. Um, service desk, the help desk area, all right there in a nice glass kind of room uh, that you could see as you walked up to the conference room that also had a similar glass to be able to see. So you could see the buzz and the activity and all the collaboration. And then you could walk them around that and go through all the offices. So like he kind of forced people to be through. So so you can create an experience, I guess is my point, that doesn't well, have to be the Dado's office. Yeah. Have you been to Dado's office in Connecticut? I, I have. I've been to the uh, studio at least. Nice. I've been to the Wallingford. Oh my lord! I don't even know. I didn't go to the studio, but I remember like we went in there. This was like back when Tracy and I first signed them as clients, and this was like way way back in the day. Data was one of our, our biggest and first vendor clients. Oh, you brought me back to course. Thank you. Yes, about the vendors and talking. And it was, <laughs> Thank you. I walked into their office and I was just like I remember being super impressed by everything. Like they've got this like. It's like, it's what I assume NASA must look like. It's, That's awesome. Just things that are blinking and beeping in an enormous globe and every inside. It was such an interesting place. And then there was the big ball pits. So, That's nice. But an interesting <laughs> contrast of tech and fun. And it just looked like a place, like if I was going to go work somewhere, like walking through that office, I was like, it's the kind of place where if somebody toured you, you'd be like, I want to work here. Yeah. This yeah, place is yeah. amazing. Like, That's how do I get hired here? What do I need to do? Like, you'd be very... I'm excited about it. That's awesome. The ball pit for sure. You know, that's a, that's a blast. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about, so after um, this new iteration now, what are you, what are you doing now? Tell me about what Richardson, 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 ah, new tongue just got installed yesterday. Uh, Richardson and Richardson consulting R and R. Uh, well, uh, Ian and I obviously started a, a consulting practice. Ian exited from his MSP last year. And one of the, tools or systems that Ian used to build his MSP was Patterson Stratop. And uh, for anybody who's watching and isn't familiar with Stratop, Stratop was founded by a guy named Tom Patterson. He was also responsible for, I think he built the technology for the ATM pin pad. He built nice. Disney World. He was you know, hired by governments to create plans for much larger and secretive things, right? Like Ian understands that I'm loving the beard. I might wear this all the time. I think Ian and I are going to uh, enjoy it later. Oh, uh, Lord. That's just, <laughs> just took a just a step outside of Skosh. <laughs> that beard is chaos. yet. <laughs> hey, you've done great. We Thank have not you. gotten in the Tim Choquette swear jar yet. No, no so we, I haven't doing even great. Uh, yeah, I know yeah. I'm trying. That's actually on my, I was on, like, I had my like list of things I wanted to achieve this don't, year. Don't, and don't get Matt demonetized. Oh, I thought was you definitely I thought was on that list because I had no problem. I tried to change my image a little bit this year. I haven't been wearing anything glittery. Sure. I, 
I got normal. Well, not today, but I like I grew my hair out normal. I was just sure, trying sure. to like. So for consulting, I think for cold calling, no one cares, right? Like no one even knows what you look like. You're on the phone, but if you're going to walk into somebody's office and work with them to build a strategic plan around how they're going to grow their business, yeah. I think people want you to look more like their lawyer and less like their Uber driver. Yeah. Right? So yeah. hundred percent. My goal 100%. was like, okay, well, I knew that this was coming. I knew this was a change that we were going to be making and that we were going to start focusing more on consulting and managed sales pros practically runs itself by now. So like I, I'm not required for day-to-day -day operations there, which gives me more time to, you know, find fake beards right before. A sure. No, no. I think you did impressively. Like I said in the beginning, you've literally set the bar for any other female uh, in, 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 in this, uh, in the, in this beard banter. Well, for any female that would like a fake beard on beard banter, all I did was take my halo hair extensions and turn them around. So. <laughs> it's perfect though. You look like Gandalf the gray. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I was practicing my <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then you have the Hobbit pipe maybe as well, right? Um, uh, so Jimmy goes, yeah, swearing is not. Oh, Dom Kirby sang your your praises today, by the way. He's like, Carrie reached out and she's sending me cigars. Oh, well, yeah, I'm going through the humidor like, to find so him some cool. things so that then we oh, can Oh, he was so excited. Like, we don't have a basis for comparison because he doesn't have a regular smoke. It's hard to... Tell yeah, yeah, I know. They might like if they're not sure themselves. So I'll send He's them like, a I don't know. And you're like, well, I'll send you a few when you sit out of the fire pit in the backyard. Just think. I them. made more money off cigars than any other marketing initiative we ever tried. <laughs> That's right? cool. So the first time I could actually trace revenue back to a cigar was I brought a humidor to the Microsoft World Partner Conference in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, like six years ago. And it was, I was like the Pied Piper and right? I had this humidor and like everyone's got free drinks in their hands already. It's a Microsoft event. Nothing's, no one's yeah. paying for anything. So there's no reason for somebody to talk to you or right? there is no, but if like, you've got a cigar room, right? and a cutter, like walk, like walk through the room with a humidor yeah. and all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh, where are you going? And then yeah, it takes a special kind of jerk to take a cigar, light it up and walk away. Right. Oh, hundred percent. People sit down yeah, yeah. and I got them for an hour and I don't really go into what we do. I just like, Oh no, if you'd like a cigar, please. And I never bring people. a cigar. I yeah. wouldn't smoke myself. So they're always nice. And people just sat down. What do you do? And oh, we do this. Oh, that's interesting. And boom. Right. So now at events, I just sit out on the patio and wait for people to walk by. So my two quick cigar stories, Jimmy uh, said he's been giving out cigars, cigars, the last four or five events been awesome, which I agree. And I'm not much of a smoker, right? Like I will smoke a cigar every now and again. So almost any time I am smoking a cigar, I think about Bob Kosas. Bob yes. Kosas, no matter where he is, is near a cigar store, period. Yeah. It just seems to be the way. And uh, he just won an award just recently I saw for, um, you know, it, it, large, large enterprise sales, but enterprise sales uh, executive of the year. So congrats, Bob. But yeah, anytime I smoke a cigar, I think of Bob um, and uh, and apparently Jimmy now a little bit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was funny. I guess. How did that happen with Dom? He just reached out and was like, hey, that cigar is really cool or something. Like, no, oh, yeah, <laughs> I posted something on uh, LinkedIn about Richardson and Richardson. One of the things that I've been doing is taking the um, the data that man, it's, I mean, we've got a, 10 years of data, right? Every call we yeah. ever made on behalf of any vendor that we ever made a call for, we know everything. We know everything about the stack. Like you want a list of ConnectWise users, we got it. You want a list of ConnectWise sure. users, over a thousand endpoints who also use Huntress, we have that too, right? Like we mix and match any way you like, we can- Yeah, 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 because of, like, of the nature that. of what you did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but now, like, now that we're analyzing it more, not only can we figure out things like that, but you want to know when, does anyone know when a- MSP is most likely to change BDR vendors, quarter one. 
yeah. don't know why it is, but in Q1, people take far more meetings about changing BDRs. Gotcha. Okay. That's the answer to my next question. I think, thank you. Cause it's about how do you get that data and ensure that it stays up to date? And I, you just answered it for well, me because I'm calling for other vendors. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they're saying, no, I'm using Veeam right now. And I but we can also really see cool. from the changes when, so let's say we've got, uh, we put an MSP into the system in 2015 after meeting them at, uh, at data. Wherever. Sure. We can watch that company. If you look log, um, Zoha has a feature where it shows you every change that's ever been made to the file. So we can see that they were a data user. Then they switched to something else, right? Then they switched to something else. And they took four yeah. meetings about this. They took three meetings about that. They're obviously in the market for something security focused, right? So we know that because they took a meeting from Huntress or they took a meeting from one of our other- Have you done any data science on any of this? I mean, in the sense that you could probably answer, I mean, this is kind of Gradient's thought of what they're trying to do, right? Obviously, by, by if you will, I would guess from the outside looking in. But have you done any any like digging into this data from a data science perspective to start predicting some of these things? Like your data set would be very valuable for a- um, you know, an annual report for say for someone. I feel like I'm surprised that a vendor didn't just buy managed sales oh. pros, right? Honestly, for, for answers that, for the data itself. Right? Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. For the data, like the callers. <laughs> yeah, we're good at what we do, but I mean, there's there's just a one to one output to that relationship that's not as valuable, I think, as the data set. Like I think. Uh, anyways, you open my eyes on that. I think the data set itself and seeing the shift and when the delta. Uh, back to this user, that, and I'll look it up later who this is, and thank you, but um, the data-driven sales, right? Like, I don't have to waste effort somewhere. I'm not going to get any value. No, like we don't have to call like, 5,000 MSPs to get yeah. those 100 meetings. We have to call 1,000 MSPs to get those 100 Yeah, meetings. totally, because you're being much more intelligent about when you, why, but and what. Yeah. To, like a new vendor will come into the channel, and they'll have like a, a hypothesis on where they're going to succeed, right? Or what they want, right? So somebody will be like, hey, Carrie, I want you to introduce me to every MSP with more than 500 employees in North America. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like four of them. I'm happy to introduce you to them. They're yeah, sure. I could, I could meet a few of them. I know of one. I came from it, right? And another one <laughs> right? was a billion dollar unicorn just recently, potentially. So, yeah. So it's not like uh, there are times when MSPs are more likely to change providers, but we found like we're finding really interesting things like companies that use Datto between 300 and 500 endpoints. They're the happiest BDR clients, period. Yeah, yeah. It's almost not worth bothering calling a data <clears throat> client with uh, under 500 uh, endpoints because they yeah. are so happy at that level. Well, right? and the if operational capabilities for, for that level. All of a sudden, everybody's in play again. So something's happening between 500, 300 to 500 endpoints and 1,000 endpoints. Something's happening. So either something's yep. happening to every MSP at that stage. Maybe their yep. contract expires. Right nope. around the time they hit a thousand endpoints, nope. or maybe service delivery changes, or nope. You know, they I, finally I get to enough humans that they start to be able to have a dedicated person to manage backup, and they're there, and there are cheaper options. That would be my gut. That's yeah. my prediction. That makes sense because we went through that, right? We we eventually had a dedicated backup person that allowed us to use Veeam. Veeam was a lot cheaper. We could still deploy it in the same ways, and so. Um, but I, I still, you know, no no love lost for Datto. I, I love me some Datto. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, no, it's like Datto, the like, Ronco steamer of backups, right? Like Datto put us on the map. Like I don't think we would have the company that we have today. If I mean, first it was Open DNS. So we're yeah. always going to be I was a big open Luna DNS consumer. And Andrew and that yeah. whole crew, like for the faith that they put in us, because yeah. nobody knew who we are. At the, where that Andrew happened. Kaiser, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you're talking about another yeah, amazing human. Yeah, another yeah, amazing right. human. It's yeah. so much fun to watch them over at Huntress now, like knowing that oh. they kind of got the band back together and they yeah. all work really well together. Oh, yeah. 
they don't have Cisco over their shoulder. Um, Yeah, sorry. That's fantastic. Oh, that's right, because you're really close to Tracy Arisco, uh, right? Tracy is my sister. Oh, that's that's fairly close. My actual sister. No, no, no. I I I didn't think you meant sister, but I think I thought you meant sister. Yeah, Um, that's fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I just thought you guys were really close and and and, and seemed to <laughs> act about the same. It was funny. I needed to borrow Austin for like two minutes the other day at a show, and I was like, "Can I borrow?" She's okay, but I was like, "Okay, fair enough." Did you have to ask Tracy? <laughs> yeah, she was there. She was teasing me, but uh, yeah, I ran into her. I think also in Phoenix. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, that was. Uh, well, Tracy so, so- was our integrator for sure, right? Tracy was the, the driving force behind implementing right. any sort of strategic anything at Managed Sales Pros. Because if I had it my way, I'd just be picking up phone, putting down the phone, picking up phone, putting down who, the phone. Who led the visionary side? Well, I mean, I was the visionary, of course. Yeah. But okay. Tracy was the one that pushed traction on us to begin with, right? Like she no. wanted to do it years ago. This is a sore spot between Tracy and I. So if she's watching today, she thinks so. <laughs> or later. Tracy, Tracy, like, read this. She wanted me to read the book. So I read the book and I'm like, this book is effing boring. No, yeah. we're not doing yeah. this. I'm not doing this. And she was like, oh, fine. And then, like, we flatlined at the $2 million mark for a couple yep. of years. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, we got to do something different. And everybody, maybe we saying, should hey, try Gary, traction. Join EO, join yeah. EO, join EO. So I joined yeah. EO. Yeah. And uh, EO was life changing. So if there's anybody watching today who's been thinking about it, like, EO was one of the best decisions I ever made. And, and EOS, when you say EO, EOS, the entrepreneurs organization. So ah, you okay, need a, a million dollars in revenue to join. Uh, they have EO accelerators in small, in bigger cities as well. So if you're a small business, they'll teach you the ins and outs of it. But it was like I sat in the room with 10 people, um, all of them from different kinds of businesses and all of them sharing how they overcame specific problems that I was having in my business. So just people yeah. very willing to give of their own time. So anyway, I'm I'm going to EO. We're in like year two. And I like they taught me how to read my books. Right. I didn't know how to sure. read a P&L. I had a two million dollar business. I didn't know what any of it meant. I was like. Did we hit payroll? Awesome. <laughs> right. Had, Is anybody going to quit because I didn't payroll. pay them? Huzzah. Yeah. Right, like awesome. I, we were sitting around a table at an IT event once and everyone was like, how long did it take you to get to a million dollars? And it was like, oh, 10 years, 16 years. And I'm like, a year and a half? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But cold calling isn't like anything else, right? We don't have. What's well, the top cost. of the funnel spending, right? Too. It, it's also the literally top of the funnel spending. Like I putting leads in the top of, so you probably have but everybody wants everybody wants cold calling right when they find yeah. out how much it costs to outsource their cold calling they're not so keen on it anymore but like yeah. that was a, anyway so i joined eo and then everyone in eo at least everyone in my chapter of eo in las vegas was using eos or traction oh traction is what uh, got us where so we were. i come into the office one day and i'm like we're going to do traction and we're going to get she's like that's the thing you said crap about two years ago right right so instead of being happy that i was like finally coming around she was so angry because i listened to these guys but i didn't listen to her and she was right all along like oh that's great and you just said it i heard it right here folks yeah yeah you you just said it right there folks she just apologized to her sister. We're healing families on this show right here. That's healing right. families. Um, well, we are at the top of the hour. I want to be respectful of everybody's that time. Fast. I, you know, it just does. When two friends get together and chat and stroke their beards about wonderful life things, it just goes quickly. But I really appreciate you getting to dig into like the world of cold calling and and the you know the Carrie. I almost did it. The Carrie Richardson's world, right? So um, I'm excited I'm to see. To that too. <laughs> 
I don't know what's wrong with me. It's just I, I have this like patternization of humans that I meet. And then like the changing of that is really tough. Um, oh, I still, anyways, um, yeah. I'm still not signing. I'm still signing. Oh, Gary <laughs> still, Simpson. still Simpson it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did that today. I was like, Dom goes, I got cigars from Carrie. And I was like, I don't know many Carries. So I'm assuming Carrie Simpson. Wait, crap. Richardson. And he laughed. You, ha ha. You know, in fact. Simpson, I, I'm hyphenating. <laughs> like, that's too many words. No one's ever going to get that. That's too much. Email, Lots right? of letters. Yeah. yeah. They would win you a fortune on Wheel of Fortune, though. So. Um, but well, <laughs> all right, Carrie. Thank you Carrie. for having me today, Matt. Thank I you for being here. here. You rock. Thank you for everybody who showed up, too. It was yeah, nice we to had a good chat. Got a see good ya. roster of Man of Sales Pro's clients there. I know. There's like three or four or five at least. They they mm -hmm. must love you and follow you for your success you've made for them. So wonderful. 